You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Glee After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Glee After Show. Okay, so this is a great kind of fitting song to start off our uh, web show today. Uh, welcome back. Uh, this is another uh, after show for Glee. Um, it is season five, episode 15. The title of the episode, Bash. And I'm Stephanie Wanger. I'm Roxy Stryer. And in the booth. Hello, everyone. I'm Marissa Serfi. Yeah, she's doing double duty tonight yes. for us. And Sarah, unfortunately, is out sick, but she'll be back with us next week. Um, let's talk about this episode. There was a lot of things going on. Yeah, there was. And believe it or not, we just opened up with the most energetic song of the entire episode. Um, man, this is tough because we are coming off some fire episodes. You know, this season post coming back from hiatus with the 100th and the 100th and first. And then and New York. New York. Boom, boom. And, right. It's just been like fire, fire, fire. Uh, I knew we'd have to fall from grace at some point, and tonight's episode just didn't quite do it for me. Um, ah, I know, I knew we were going to take a turn when at the beginning of the episode, we typically start out the episode either with um, some big plot line or an upbeat song, and when we went into the first song of the night and it was No One Is Alone, it was... You knew that that was taking a dark twist. Right, and but it is actually, Marissa and I were talking about this, we really appreciate that they opened with a song. Glee doesn't do that enough anymore, and I love when we open up on music, because that's Glee. I agree with you, and I actually, why don't we jump into the first song here for a second, and then we'll get into everything that happened in the episode, but... Can I guide you? I liked No One Is Alone. I actually really appreciated this song. It's Into the Woods. I have a personal connection to it. I was in Into the Woods in high school, which is a random fact. Um, but And I, I appreciated the three characters together, Rachel, Blaine, and Kurt. You don't often get all three of them just singing. Right, absolutely. But when we have Into the Woods, and we have Sweeney Todd, and we have Rachel opening up her new Broadway show, and we have all these, you know, I didn't feel like we catered to a wide enough audience tonight. And if you are a theater geek like I am, like you are, yeah. this song, I actually think it, it might have been my favorite of the night. Um, they Their voice, voices sound amazing. And had this opened up a different episode with more energetic songs later, I would have said this was an amazing choice because all of them, their voices coming together and what we were about to get, it really did prep us and it, and it sounded gorgeous. Yeah, I mean... I just thought, what a perfect and touching moment. And Glee does these moments better than almost any other show out there. These big, touching moments. I have to say, some of the episode did fall a little short for me as well. But let's jump into Mercedes and Sam, who we kind of got a taste of last week with them. I guess Mercedes didn't want a relationship. Sam really did. And as soon as they sat down on that couch, I knew they were going to make out. 110%. You did? Oh, I did. I, Marissa, what I did you think? I felt it was weird because they kept, you know, going at it like, uh, we shouldn't be dating, but yet we are, and well, back and forth, and then you kind of knew it was just building up until that moment. It was just, like, Mercedes was telling Sam no, but in her heart it was yes. And so, to me, yeah, but girl, stand your ground a little more. Uh, for me, I'm watching this, and maybe... It's them in real life. I don't know. There's just no sexual chemistry there. And I, I just am watching this thinking, huh? 
Like, what? This is like the old school glee when we used to try out all different relationships to see what worked. But we've already tried this one, and guess what? It didn't work. So I'm just watching this baffled, like, why are we doing this again? And, you know, I agree, because the first time we saw them together, that was still a surprise, because they sang the summer love, and we're like, what? Mercedes hooked up with Sam? What? And then to have that relationship start and then end, and then try to start up again, I feel... It was forced the first time, and it's even more forced, and I think it's more kind of shoved down our throat that they're kind of together in this episode. I'm like, it's not working, you guys. You're forcing them together, and it's just not working. Mm -hmm. It was definitely forced. I completely agree with that, but I knew where the writers were going, 100%. But it did cross my mind tonight, and I am, everybody knows it who watches the show, I love pretty much any Glee couple. I'm, I'm like, they're adorable. I love it. Yeah. And... I have to say, this one, it does feel forced. And Yeah, absolutely. And last time when they broke up, I remember Cord wanted to be a series regular and Glee wasn't giving it to him and he was off of the show for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was kind of like no, the, their breakup was never really addressed. But what I will say is that neither of them ever seemed to be affected by it and neither of them ever se- – it wasn't like after all these years they kept talking about wanting to be back together. You know, like we talked about tonight, Sam – dated Penny the nurse. He almost dated Rachel. He dated Brittany. You know, he, yeah. he had all these other things. It was never like, Mercedes, my long lost love. Like, and, and that was what? a case of Glee being very self-aware. I think what you just referenced is that the, he they tested Sam out with a lot of different people. Right. And so they were definitely very self-aware tonight. Right. But for, I mean, sorry, I'm jumping a little ahead, but we hear Amber Riley's song yeah. and for her to sing this beautiful new song to somebody that I'm like is that how you really feel about him like yes let's let's back up a bit and I then know. we'll get, we'll get into that song I know I'm sorry no no I want to jump in as much as you do um I think though it's interesting to note that their bliss at, when they start making out and they have this footsie cute little moment at dinner yeah I was it cute though I know I knew you were gonna say that I I still am like of course you are hopeless romantic over here I know right (laughs) okay so cute moment and and they're walking along the pier and I was like this is it's cute maybe I can start buying into this a little more okay I I wanted to buy into it and we know if our other co-host was here right now she'd be all like Love and muffins. <laughs> muffins. Muffins. Like, I know. I see. This is why we need Sarah. We need Sarah. <laughs> we, we need our other calls bad, baby. <laughs> but that being said, we'll make it through. Oh, of course we will. <laughs> um, so. And it's tough. It is. Muffin. It is tough. It's very tough. But, um, it was kind of a short-lived love before her. And I felt like this was such a case of friends getting in the way of, of what she wanted. Dude, this is such a hard thing to talk about because I know you guys at home, I'm hoping that you're on the same page as I'm getting a lot of tweets about it. Everything we're talking about directly pertains to the show. So I just thought that it was a weird issue to cover racism right now. I I felt like it was kind of out of place. Well, Glee has a big history of covering these social issues. Right, of course. Mm -hmm. But I thought that this one was very forced. Like... We kind of had two social issues going on tonight, and we'll get into right. the Curtin Blaine story in a few minutes. But they both felt like, whoa, okay, they just moved to New York, and we have these big, big social issues. And I'm not saying I think it's great that Glee does this, and they do it Me so, too. so well. Absolutely, but we see Mercedes tonight, and she's talking to her backup dancers, and Sam singers. comes in. Uh, backup singer, sorry. Thank you, Marissa. And Sam comes in, and being Sam, the way he doesn't mean to but offends a lot of people it just as easily could have been some blonde girl and he could have said nice nose job by the way you know and he asks about the weave and yes that's ignorant but it had it in my opinion it wasn't racist it's just as sam and then it's it's kind of uh like uh I don't even know, like a lack of of knowing what he's saying. Exactly. It it fits, unfortunately, Sam's character. Right. And then for Mercedes' backup singers to be like, you know what, you can't, I mean, we don't think you should date him because he's white. It was such a weird, I was like, wait, what? What? uh, Okay, I I have something to say about this. I thought it. it was interesting how it was Mercedes more fighting for the approval of Sam being her boyfriend more so than Sam trying to, 
you know, win over Mercedes' friends. So I can understand. But the, the snap judgment, I think that was normal for anyone who hasn't met, you know, a good friend's boyfriend or girlfriend or something. You're bound to make those judgments before you even meet those people. And then we see Sam come in. He's just being himself. Yes, a little bit. Um ignorant and a little bit racist but that he didn't mean to that was unintentional and that was just him being sam but i feel like the argument of the girls the backup singer saying he's white this will never work that was just not a strong enough case if it was something like he's not treating you properly he's he's, not he's He's disrespectful to you. I think that would have been more realistic argument than just the fact that he's right. White. What That's about not like he's not your, He doesn't seem like your type. He doesn't seem intellectual enough for that's you. That's what I was gonna say. He's not good enough for you. I feel like that's the thing that friends say to each other. Right. Like, it that, was a weird moment to be to use yeah, the race card. Also, to talk about album sales, I feel like Mercedes always been like, I'm a strong woman, and I, you know, kind of like hear me roar. It's not about the. Like, oh, I, this affects my album sales, so I'm going to stop doing it. Like, she's strong enough to overcome that. I thought that that was a weird character choice for her as well in a lot of ways. Yeah, especially after all this growth and, and her pushing to move to New York. And I don't know. It was just it, – it seemed very strange to me. I, and honestly, if they wanted to, they could have addressed this and dragged it out maybe further, you know. But it, everything was so fast. Like, she said she didn't want to date him. And then she did. And that happened in this episode. And then she made out with him. And then she was with him. And then her friend said it was that she couldn't do this because he was white. And so she yeah. broke up with him. And then, like, all yeah. this. I was so happy, though, to see her kind of come around and realize she was... But it was all so quick. She it, came around it, it, and it was all so quick. You, Yeah, I feel like, Lee, in the last few episodes, I know we've talked about it before, on Fast Forward. Right. Like, they are, for some reason, they're pushing through plot lines very, very quickly right now. Right. That being said, I was happy to see her kind of come around and give him, I hate to say, a second chance. Uh, like uh, another, Because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like, another try with them. And I hope that... As much as it is a forced relationship, that we see it play out more and kind of that they can share in their successes. Yeah. I'm glad she did come around near the end, but I think it's, I mean, I can understand, we feel like it's forced, but I can understand if Mercedes wants to be with Sam and because Sam makes her happy and vice versa, then I can understand she wants to be together, not based on the race card or color or anything like that. If she is truly happy with someone, yeah. then yes, be I'm with just Sam. a big sure. proponent of being true to yourself and not allowing your friends to influence you. And so if I was giving Mercedes advice, that would be mine, is that be true to what you want. I could have messed with that song tonight. True to yourself, you must be true to yourself. Such a good song. Such a good song. And a good fit for this episode. Totally. Missed moment. Missed moment. (laughs) Why don't I write for the show? I know, right? So moving on to another, it's a lot of tough topics tonight. Um, Curtin Blaine. This was heartbreaking to me. Wait, well, I, while we're ta- going back to Mercedes for a second, so we do have this song that she ends up singing to oh, him. Oh, that is true. We should. I just we, want to talk about yeah. it while we're here because she she does she does sing this very heartfelt song to him, and it seemed a little mature for him about colorblind. Um, yeah, colorblind. Is it okay blind. if I talk about that? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I I thought that the song was actually very beautiful. The lyrics were really nice. Um, it kind of fit in because it's. Like, the race isn't colorblind, you know, whatever it is. Um, But in an episode that was so slow with the songs, I really felt like her song could have been debuted on an episode where it was the slower moment to a lot of power songs, you know? It would have been a nice break because it is so beautiful. But by that point, I almost was like, yeah, pick it up, baby. Right. I mean, I appreciated the song lyrically. Yeah. It's amazing. Lyrically. It's an incredible song, and I have to give it to Amber Riley across this episode. Of course, her voice is like fire. I mean, amazing, and I'm always in awe of it. No matter, I mean, we're into the fifth season of Glee, and I'm still in awe of what Amber Riley can do, and she kind of makes me stop, and and that's amazing mm-hmm. to me. Um, so I did appreciate, this was another song that I appreciated tonight, and we should also mention Amber Riley sang another great one, which we started our episode with, which is You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman. Right. Mm-hmm. This was just, I mean, the song sounded gorgeous, but it was just about the strangest carousel ride I've ever seen. I <laughs> agree, especially in everything that was leading up to it, that they had that 
fake argument about faux fur, and then she throws her coat over in the river. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, Sam, your coat collar is made of faux fur too. So that's yeah. like the pot calling the kettle black. I'm like, I don't understand the necessary the necessity of that yeah. random conversation that leading up to that and then her singing in the carousel you knew that was going to happen i was like oh there's a carousel there's going to be a number coming up but the fact that they went from day to night during the performance then back, back to day, day it was a clear transition quick <gasps> oh, no. day night day that made no sense in the number that and i just there were so many issues, like, they were hiding from their friends. Those are real arguments to have. Why are you hiding our relationship? Right. What's going on here? And to have an argument about faux fur felt strange. Like, there's a time and a place to talk about faux fur, and that definitely didn't feel like it was it. Yeah, with you. Yeah. Here, uh, let, let's get off them now. Sorry, I got us back on. No, it's okay. We obviously have issues with them, but w- hopefully it will. I like them. I want to like them as a couple. So of course you do. I, I am all for the romantic relationships on Glee, hoping for a strong future with them. Mm-hmm. That being said, Kurt and Blaine, oh, this was this was hard for me to watch, in, in all honesty. the uh, I'm going to jump to Kurt... Um, he tries to defend, I guess there have been in their area in New York a number of uh, gay beatings going on, of gay individuals being beaten by, I, I, it was never really made clear who was beating them, but... It, by people who think that they have straight neighborhoods and want to keep them straight. Right. Um, I actually like that we are readdressing this issue in Glee because it doesn't ever go away. Yeah. Um, I hope it does one day, but... No, I mean, it's such an important issue to address. Right. Don't get me wrong. I just... I hate watching... No, no, I know. It's and so hard. But I, I think that the it's, most it's important. Im- the most important part to me um, is when... And the thing that I related to the most was when Bert says, you know, you go to New York and I think that you're more safe because you think of New York as, like, everybody's with the times and whatever. Yeah. And the same thing when I moved to L.A., but you still find people who are homophobic and you still find people who are sexist and racist and anti-Semitic and whatever it is. And so I thought that this was really interesting that they brought this back. Again, it played out too quick for me because we haven't heard anything about it and then tonight it's like bam, bam, bam. But I was glad that we were readdressing this. I agree. And I think the, the way they addressed it too was because back in high school when we saw the first bullying of Kurt... And stuff that was just with his peers. And now that we're in a bigger city, more dangerous, and now we're with actual adults, and we're taking it on the adult perspective mm-hmm. of so-called bullying and bashing, I think just the whole two different perspectives, I thought they actually did execute pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I thought that it really was an issue that needed to be reexamined. We haven't seen it on Glee in a minute. Um, and in terms of the New York, L.A., I think that it's always kind of that thing of, yes, you, I guess, could expect it more. I hate even saying that in smaller towns. But it's still a city with, you know, millions of people. And you're going to come across every viewpoint. Type. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's really sad. But I was really proud of Kurt when he went to defend the other guy who was in the alley but I didn't want to see him get hurt. That's yeah. that's what was hard for me. I just didn't want to see Kurt get hurt. And it sucks when you stand up for somebody and then they leave you out to dry. You know, like, yeah. he's like, look, now we're evenly matched and this kid runs right away. Not that I can blame him, really, for running away, but it's just, I, I am proud of Kurt as well. I'm proud of how much he's grown up, how much he's able to stick up for himself and other people who used to be like him, you know, who yeah. won't can't stand up for themselves. Um, but... It makes me nervous when they air things like this or when things like this happen because he could die, you know? He could have died. He yeah. really could have. And, and he didn't. And I'm glad that we have the point addressed. Like, uh, Bert comes in and is like, you could have died. But it, it's scary. You know, you want to take a stance, but not at the risk of your life. It's, it's a hard thing because I think in some ways it's a great example. It's, you know, a guy who is fighting for what's right. And yeah. and in that way, I'm 100% behind what Glee is saying in this. And in the other sense, I am I think it sets a little bit of a dangerous, exactly what you're saying. You know what it is? I, I've been having this argument a lot this week, week because different things have come up. But you have to, at the end of the day, 
you have to be able to live with yourself. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you also have to be able to live. Right. And those are two different things, but they're very similar in the sense that, you know, you have to be able to live with the decisions you make because you, at the end, have to look at yourself and, and live with yourself. But you can't do that if the decisions you make keep you from being alive. Well, it's kind of the difference between self-preservation and being able to go to sleep at night. Right. You know what I mean? Like, self-preservation, yes, you preferably will not be in a hospital. You go, get to go home safe at night. Right. And the other half of it is that when you get home and you're safe, can you go to sleep because of the actions that you took? Right. And I think Kurt was stuck in the crosshairs of that. And you you don't have more than a second to make the decision sometimes. And I don't think Kurt would have been able to be okay with himself, you yeah. know, had he seen this. Um, I would like to think the smarter move is to say, I'm calling the cops. Take out your phone. Call 911. And, and that's exactly what his dad suggested. Yeah, right. Person. Yeah. Exactly. So... You know, you don't always have to be the hero or Braveheart or whatever it is. Yeah, and it was and it was also the events of, and we'll get to it. But Rachel, literally, the scene right before that happens, Rachel saying that he was kind of a coward, and then that kind of was that motivating factor of, hey, I should stick up for myself because I'm not a coward, I'm not afraid, and he went and did that. So mm-hmm. yeah, and that I, also helped. Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a motivating factor for him. I feel like though, at this point, he's so self assured that he would have done this regardless of what Rachel had just said to him. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think so, too. But it was definitely lighting a fire under his ass. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Kurt's song at the end of the episode that was, I I actually really liked. It's I'm Still Here. Mm-hmm. And he it was just like the old days of Kurt, like that big performance number. And it felt like it was kind of him owning it. Which I really appreciated. Marissa, you talk because I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> I, I I know we're gonna disagree. It's fine. Yeah, like. I, I I agree. It was a good um, song for him to wrap it up because or wrap up his storyline in this episode because he went through all this and then yeah he's still standing. He's still fighting and standing strong. I thought it was great performance. I mean he obviously kills it. And but I again I think it was because because the. Um, the critiques for the Niata, they all had to be Sondheim. So that already limits them. And then I'm Still Here is from the, the Follies musical, which is written by Sondheim. So I think this choice was good lyrically, but there are so many other songs that he could have sang. I, I I can see that totally. I just wanted, I wanted him to stand strong in the end. It, like, I wanted to see him. And I know it was a very fast transition. We were like, oh, you were in a hospital bed to singing in front of everyone it was there were a lot of fast transitions in this right but that being said i was happy to see him standing again of course and everybody's rooting for him at this point honestly he could have sang twinkle twinkle little star and everybody would have been like that is so brave and beautiful you know um so at this point it didn't really matter just again it wasn't like boom uh, to me, of the two of them, the better song choice was Blaine when he's singing in the hospital, the Sweeney Todd song. Yeah. Um, I, I take back what I said earlier. This was probably my favorite song of the night. The acapella. The, just, Not while I'm around. Yeah. I just thought that it was a really beautiful choice. Um, I thought it was a really sweet moment. And I like that he brought I, that into his show. You know, you let your life experiences come into the classroom and you use them as learning experiences. Not that Kurt didn't do that. Just like I thought Blaine did a, a really beautiful job and I really enjoyed the song. I have to say that I thought Blaine or um, Darren Chris was another person who really brought it in terms of the songs mm-hmm, tonight. Absolutely. He was phenomenal in everything that he did tonight. He, he was really kind of a showman and I think he does that so well yeah so, absolutely. I, yeah I could really feel for Blaine having that uh, pain for Kurt because he's also gay too this could have easily been Blaine if he was stuck in that situation instead of Kurt so him singing the song to his you know best friend and love of his life I I could really feel for him and he felt that he needed to sing the song it was beautifully done also Sweeney Todd also Sondheim which is you know again limits them but he really did a great job just acapella because it showed just how serious and um meaningful everything that was going on this is the first time in a while that we haven't had a pop song on on Glee yeah and 
And, and it, it affected me. Yeah, it was. It, it's not as much fun because, I mean, I can sing along to these songs, but I don't know that that's everyone. That's why I said I don't think they, they were catering to a wide enough audience. Um, I also have to ask you guys a question about this. I'm a little confused about why we introduced this character of Ross. Was it Russ or Ross? That was Russ. Russ. The um, guy who we go to his vigil or whatever. Yes. You know, yeah. he's not. We end up finding out he's not dead. Yeah. And that he actually is going to be okay. Are we going to see him or? Is- that That's a great question. I'm not sure. I could see it going one of two ways. Um, I could see it going in terms of, yes, we're going to see him and he's going to be a new character on Glee. Okay. Or I could see it being that this was the thing that made Kurt want to be strong and that he knew that this was happening over and over again. And so he felt like he needed to yeah. be that defend I, I think okay. Russ was the catalyst starting point for this episode because we yes we again we talked about it but um, we started the the episode off on his visual and the poster said something uh, remember Russ or something like that yeah but but for me it was hard to come into this episode when we're trying to figure out what's going on and and then we find out it's about a person we've never met and then we also find out oh this happened to him all in the, like the first three minutes and, and, and we're still like and we're already establishing the the slow yeah. melancholy tone to the episode right and so it wasn't the best opening for me for this episode have- and then it set the tone for the rest of it mm-hmm. yeah i have to say that i did at the beginning of the episode try to rewind on our dvr because i thought that i had somehow started in the middle of the episode yeah. because i i was just like who is this person i had so many questions right and it all came together eventually but it just wasn't right at the top yeah right it was too many questions to for us to enjoy the opening because we were still trying to figure everything out and then mm-hmm. by the time we did figure it out it was already over the yeah. the number was over right the reason i think he must uh we must see him at some point is because otherwise not trying to be harsh but why is he alive? You know, why did, you know, why, why was it, no, but you know what I mean? No, I mean, I understand in terms of the larger plot. No, 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 I'm I'm just talking about it, it would be a bigger incident and a bigger deal Mm -hmm. if he had passed away and that's why we need to take care of these issues. Not that somebody getting beat up isn't enough to take care of the issues because it really is, but if we're not going to see the character, you would think that they would have made it as big as possible. I'm wondering I mean, if... Oh, oh, yes, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I was wondering if it encourages them to become more involved in the movement. Like, he he does become a character on the show. He must. He must. Yeah, yeah maybe. I think if they had gone that route where Russ actually died, then we kind of witnessed a murder a little bit. Or a, a very violent act in this episode and in glee i mean we've never seen something actually someone actually being killed in that way yeah so i think that would have been a really really dark turn had they gone that route so i'm glad that they didn't kill him it's still incredibly dark it is dark but i'm glad they didn't take it to that level to show that someone needed to die in order to just address this problem that's happening. Well, you're, it's a good point you bring up, Marissa, and I and I think that Glee tries to handle these things as tactfully as possible. Um, speaking about a real death, of course, when Finn or when Corey passed away, uh, they addressed it, they acknowledged that it happened, but they don't really get into the details of what the actual death was, you know? Yeah. Um, because some things are better left un, unshown. Yeah. Yes. It's it, these are tough issues. I mean, that they're dealing with on the show. So you can weigh in and let us know what you're thinking. Go on iTunes, rate, comment. We love hearing from you. And tonight's an episode where we've really seen the return of all these social issues. Um, we've been focused on the characters for a bit, I would say, and now we're back. So go on iTunes, rate, comment. We read your YouTube comments, everything. I'm always on. So. Please, yeah, I think it, it's cool that we're we're back to these issues because we're so comfortable with these characters that we can kind of jump right back into it. Yeah, so I'm hoping this is a slower episode that's going to lead us to bigger and stronger episodes. I I agree with and you, and I think it will. And speaking of that, Rachel took a big turning point. Sorry, Marissa, were you? Oh no, I, I was just going to say, and also the thing is, we've dealt with serious issues at McKinley, but we've also had adults more, mostly present. We've had teachers, we've had Will always talking about the things to look forward to, and you'll eventually, you know, 
work it out and things will turn out good in the end. But now they're they're on their own in a bigger city, so we're we're seeing how they handle it by themselves, which it, they're having a harder time because they are technically by themselves, even though they are with each other, but they're handling it as adults. They don't have other adults to help them through this. I think uh, it was Mercedes who said tonight they're in the real world. It's it's not McKinley anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I think we're dealing with now is New York City in the real world and what they're doing as young adults. And I think that that's actually a really exciting place for the show to be. Yeah, really exciting. And especially because I feel like I've grown up with the show. Yeah. And now... And they've grown I'm up a, too. Yeah, and they've grown up... Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Grown up with. Like, I'm a young adult. Yeah. You're a young adult. You're a young adult. Yeah. They're a young adult. You're a young adult. They're a young adult. Yeah, exactly. Just like, I feel like it's a really interesting time on Glee. And Rachel's making these big decisions for herself. And this was one... Okay, so let's break this down here. So Rachel uh, is having issues balancing her Broadway gig with uh, classes at Neata, which is something I think any college student can relate to in some capacity. Maybe not a Broadway show, but balancing a job, an internship, whatever. It happens. uh I do have to say that I know a lot of people think that Rachel Berry is dead in the wrong right now. Um, I kind of think that it's 50-50. I don't think she's handling the situation well, but I know how she feels. When I was a student, I was also auditioning, and I'm in school to become an actress, Mm -hmm. and I'm getting actual auditions and my classes are telling me that if I miss my class for the audition that I'm going to fail out of my class but I'm, I'm but I'm training so that I can get those auditions so it seems like a very weird situation you know yeah. and Rachel she she's training and she's also now on Broadway I completely understand what you're talking about in the real world. Right. We've all been there where you're trying to figure out how to balance it all and what's going on with that it 100% makes sense to me. I think my bigger concern with the plot line tonight was not so much whether Rachel stays in school or not. I understand it's kind of oftentimes in performing arts schools, it's about the journey, not the destination, which would be the degree in this case. So, like, if she wants to leave, that's her decision. I think my concern, though, is, again, young kids watch this show. And ideally, you should be staying in school. Like, if mm-hmm. it's not – if you're not – training to be an actress and and madam tipito has a really good point that rachel doesn't have the effing foundation you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. you know what you've got the talent yeah but you do not have the basics and that's true she can't take direction you know remember she pulled that whole stunt with pretending to cut her hair and whatever she thinks she's the star already and i know you're on broadway girl but you got a lot to learn right. and when you don't realize that then your journey stops yeah i mean that's what i'm talking about is that there's like, I completely agree with you that you're training to be an actress. If you can get the gig, maybe that's a time to relook and take a hiatus from school or whatever you need to do. That's a personal journey. And I completely get that. But I think that on a show like Glee, it's a little bit irresponsible to be like, oh, she's quitting. And I hope right. we see the repercussions of that. Oh, we yeah. definitely will. I think do. we yeah. will. I think the thing is, is that because young, the young adults are watching this, it's, I, I feel it's a bad message that they're sending out to the people who are watching that you shouldn't, just because you're overworked and you're overloaded with things, you have to learn how to handle everything. You have to learn how to juggle. And But quitting and completely giving yeah. up something that's good for you is not the way to go. And I don't think Glee wants to send the message, go quit college to go pursue your dreams. You should pursue your dreams, but also have the foundation. And Thibodeau also said that you don't even have a degree. And all the things that Rachel is giving up, because this Broadway show, this Fanny Bryce Broadway show, it's it's only going to last for a few months. And then after that, that's she she's going to have nothing. This is temporary. Yeah, and then I, having education, having the degree, once you have that, you have that for life. I have a prediction about that, but I will save it for later. I, yeah, I partially agree with you, Marissa, but I partially disagree about the fact that you sh- have to be able to balance everything. I think that this is also about the fact that you, you can't do everything, you know, because you, when you're a kid and I'm like, Mom, I want to take ice skating classes and soccer classes and acting classes and sculpting classes and I want to be on the math team and I want to do this. Guess what? You can't always fit everything in. So when you're full-time waitressing and you're on a Broadway show full-time 
and you're a student full-time, something somewhere might have to give. Can I I, ask I understand her? something might have to give, but instead of completely quitting, she should just take a quarter or two quarters off on yeah. hiatus. Absolutely. You can do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. And also, as a Broadway actress, you might not be making a million dollars. She's a brand new... But you are not working at a flipping restaurant. Uh, yeah, and like, like, that's the thing that in her life that could give. But she says that she wants to work there because it's uh, method acting and she, you know... I mean, but it's like come on girl no i mean if you're struggling in school which is made clear in the episode that she is and she's yeah and she's got broadway going on isn't it time to be like okay i've gotten my waitressing experience i can now go and use it but the more important thing is if this is actually how she was feeling she should have gone to madame tippetoe before she failed out and she should have said listen I feel, I'm feeling really stressed out. Can, can I get your advice? I, you're a mentor of mine. What do you think I should do? I mean, I was casting the show. It's the, it's the role of a lifetime, but I love this school. Is there any way I could take some time off? Or is there any way I could take less of a course load? Or what do you advise me? Because I, I agree. I feel like we are just like on the... Defer. Yes, we... Yeah, exactly. Defer. There are so many solutions and... It's really sad that she kind of got to the point where it was quitting or... Because you can't take directions because yeah. you did a freaking duet when it asked for a solo. Took the words out of my mouth. I'm just shocked with Blaine that Blaine went along with it. That is such a Rachel Berry thing to do, but not a Blaine Anderson thing to do. Like, no, Blaine is all about... What Blaine? Yeah, Blaine's all about the following directions. Like, I, oh, they're in Glee Club this week? There is a thing on the bur- board? There's mm-hmm. a word? I'm going to follow that word exactly. Yeah, like, exactly. What are you doing, Blaine? Come on. I mean, their duet is incredible. Oh. It was great duet. Yeah, I mean... Broadway, and, baby. Yeah, and... I saw stills from this a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it it kind of lived up to my expectations. I'm not gonna lie; it was it was amazing. Yeah, right. they're great. They have two of the best voices on the show. They're really amazing. It wasn't the assignment, it, exactly. Like, it, but I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it as a viewer. I enjoyed it. And I, that is Madame Tipito. She was like, "That was really great." But yeah, what the heck? It wasn't supposed to be a duet. And you know what? It felt like Fred. Astaire and Ginger Rogers together. The way they were dancing and just playing with each other and singing, it felt like they had that chemistry, even though those two weren't originally in the Follies musical. Yeah. But I really thought this was the more fun Sondheim number that they had in this tonight's episode. Just, like, flashback really quick, though. Remember when Bla- uh, Rachel crushed on Blaine? Oh, yeah. I mean... Uh, oh, my God. So, Throwback. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they do have some... I don't even want to call it chemistry, but it's like a just like a, a really vibe. yeah, a really good connection with each yeah, other, absolutely. and and they do very amazing performances. They have good together. stage presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I yeah, I hope though there's consequences to Rachel's decision. And I'm be. sure with be. Glee there will be. It's just it felt so irresponsible. Maybe I'm being a total mom, but I was just like, oh. I hope kids aren't watching this. I know. And after she just got in that huge fight with Santana and now this one with Kurt, it's like a lot of kids look up to her character and I'm just like, ooh, baby, make smart decisions. I I think it was also the way that Rachel was approaching everything and her attitude towards it. If it was something, if she had approached it with questions like, what should I do? I'm actually really concerned about my future. That's one thing. But she went so defensive and dismissive of everything that Thibodeau was saying and Thibodeau was giving great advice right. and Rachel was on the defense and not going with it and it was her mentality and how she was arguing and her points saying I have everything laid out in front yeah. of me I am actually you know doing my dreams which is actually a rare thing for Such- so early in her career yeah. but the so but that just blindsides her and makes her ignorant because that never mm-hmm. happens and then yeah. her mentality causes that diva-ness in her, which wasn't good. It's such a great point that you're making because it's true that it is a lot about her attitude. It was just kind of, I'm done and I don't care what anyone else has to say about it. Where I think in real life, if you were making the decision to quit school, you would, there would be some doubt there. Right, it, she said, I did think about it. When? Yeah, exactly. In, when in the two when you were sitting here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think at least in the people that I've known who have made similar choices, there was doubt. Right. There was concerns about and lining up financially how you're going to figure everything out without 
you know, like, how is it all going to work? Mm-hmm. How is your life going to fit together without school? Where Absolutely. are you going to live? Because I guess they don't live in the dorms, but... All questions you have to ask yourself. Right, yes. exactly. So many questions. Do you that, get your tuition back? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Uh-huh. I feel like once you're in school, that's a, that's a no, but... <laughs> once you have student loans, you still have them. Yeah. yeah. Should we go into some news and gossip, though? Yeah, we should, but I, I just have to... Or, I just have to say one thing. I know we already talked about yeah. it, but um, I think it's really cool when Glee brings up, like, pop culture things and... Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> was like, oh my God, we're not doing that on the show. And I was like, I am. I am doing it on the show. So that's all. Yeah, go ahead. Do we're, we're, we're proud of you. Thank you. So let's do some news and gossip. <laughs> After Buzz TV News. Uh, I'm so excited for those about... those might not know what that reference is with Roxy. Roxy, go ahead, explain it. Oh, it's a wolf. It's a wolf of Wall Street reference. I'm sorry. Matthew yeah. McConaughey, before he gets... That, they actually saw him do it. Um, the actual actor was doing that to get pumped up. He always does it to get pumped up for yeah. roles, and then they put it in the movie, so... I, I kind of love that. <laughs> I love little, like, backstories yeah, of things. Great. So, I'm super... All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Matthew McConaughey, amazing. Let's talk about Shirley McLean, though. Yeah. Big Yay. news. I'm so excited about Love this. Love her. Yeah. Can't get enough. She's amazing. And she's coming to Glee. Yeah, she is. Woohoo! Um, so the Oscar winner, she's, of course, won an Oscar, which is, is so exciting. She's going to be portraying a New York socialite who helps Blaine become a superstar. I, like, want to see her with Sarah Jessica Parker, then, or something. You know, we've I got, know. like, these... Mentors and socialites and awesome people. So I'm excited for this. This is a big. I think this is a, one of their biggest guest stars, yeah. Gwyneth, and of course we. I mean, just amazing. Yeah, they get some great guest stars, oh. but Shirley is like the best. Yeah, yeah, I'm so excited about it. Um, on a little bit of a random note, but exciting. Um, Harry Shum Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh is kind of, I guess a a geek of sorts that's what he proclaims himself to be and he launched a new site called 10th and 4th uh this week and he talks he says that it's what he's obsessed with in tech it's um he wants the site to feature apps and gear reviews so i kind of love this it's so funny how now it's kind of trendy to be a geek yeah i mean like nobody's like "Ooh, you're a geek it's more like Ooh, you're a geek? Like, yeah. I love the geeky side of people, and, and that's cool that we're at a day and age where that's, that it's cool. Yeah, and I just love that actors are kind of venturing out. You're seeing more and more kind of actors have these lifestyle sites or just things they're really interested in, so you kind of get to know a little bit more about him. Like, I would have never guessed that he would be super into technology. Why isn't he in New York? Yeah, I know. I miss him. Yeah, but me too. That's a whole other. He's dancing in Chicago. I know, but I want him to be dancing in New York. Yeah. <laughs> so he's hoping to introduce, I'm assuming, Glee fans to a kind of this cool things he finds in the universe, as he puts it. So mm-hmm. something to definitely check out. It's called Tenth and Fourth. And so. if you like the, his website, you should check out our BHL show, Geek Nerd Tech. Just a quick little plug for True. that. True. Yeah. True story. <laughs> um, and we mentioned this briefly last week uh, that. Uh, Glee is having a 20 episode season rather than the original 22 episodes that they had planned. Shorter and it makes us sad. It, it just does. Uh, and the news of gossip is that we're sad here. We are, we are very sad. Pockets you, of tears. Yeah, Gleek's sad across the globe on this one. Um, they're talking about that it's due to what we mentioned earlier, which is Corey Monteith's death. Mm-hmm. They took a production hiatus at the beginning of the season, um, and they just need to reduce the number of episodes to be finished right. on time, which makes a lot of sense. And it's unfortunate, though, that some outlets are also discussing it as a possible uh, result of some rating, the ratings decline. We've seen it happen this season. There's been a little bit of a ratings decline for Glee. And I'm just hoping that in the last few episodes, it's been a much stronger show that people start watching again. Yeah, I, I think that uh, if you are a true Gleek you know that things rise and they fall and then they rise again. And you got to stick with shows through the hard times because we're back. And, and if you, if you kind of abandoned them, then that's sad because they've been here for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been, we've all been here all the way through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but I feel like if you did stop 
watching. Now's the time. They're in New York. It's kind of a fresh start. Like, right. And characters, I feel like they're doing a really good job right now of kind of recapping where the characters are at. Like, you, you would be able to catch up really quickly. Well, this is why you guys all at home are absolutely amazing because I kind of fell off the wagon for a little bit too. If yeah. <laughs> Talking about the glee wagon. <laughs> um, if you remember, because I hosted the show and then I didn't for a little bit because I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And you guys were like, not having it. Yeah. Like, okay, rocks. Like, what are you doing? Get Stick it with together. this. Get, get it together. This is the show. Yeah. And I was like, what am I doing? I suck. This yeah. is the show. And they really have. They've been there for us. we got to be there for them through through better or through worse. And right now, luckily, we are better. But we, we did go through a dip. And I think it's important to show love to a show that's been so inspirational for yeah, us. Yeah, and I think they're coming back strong. Because, yes, they did. Glee is known for hiatus and stuff. But every time they come back from hiatus, they usually come back with something better. And they take those moments of breaks to, like, really reorganize everything reevaluate Mm -hmm. and then they came back with all these awesome episodes they're redirecting the storyline the characters they're putting them in different locations starting whole brand new stories and because of what's going on I think it's just like that whole transitional part people might not like but you have to go through that to yeah. enjoy what's coming afterwards. Right. I also think we have to give credit to the Glee writers who had an entire plan for this season uh, with Corey right. Monteith and were able to rework the season and come up with something that's really strong at this point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, they've done an incredible job. I think that's so difficult to have a plan for a show. I and mean, the, the saying the show must go on, you know, like yeah. this happens and you got to roll with the punches. Yeah. Um, that being said, we should also mention Ryan Murphy, uh, the the creator of Glee. Uh, he and a million other shows, and another and a million other shows. Nip Tuck, you know them all. American Horror Story. Uh, Hopefully, you watch them all. Because Shirley MacLaine was also on American Horror Story, so incre- she's crossing over to I, this Murphy production. R- Ryan Murphy, who said no one ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, if you watch TV, you know Ryan Murphy. That being said, he has a new HBO uh, movie coming out called The Normal Heart, which of course was a Broadway show, and um, and we will be watching. Yeah. It's incredible, and you should definitely check out the trailer for that. I believe it's available on YouTube, among other places. Cool. Um, it's a fun, it's, well, it's an interesting story. I shouldn't say fun. Interesting story, for sure. It's about the rise of um, a man in the time of, I guess, uh, it, like the AIDS advocacy Okay. Uh, yeah, in the 1980s. We'll check so, it out. Yeah, it's it's a, covering social issues. Well, it's yeah. HBO, so you know it's going to be good. Exactly. Yeah. Ryan Murphy does love his social issues. That's for sure. That being said, predictions. And now your AfterBuzz TV predictions. We are strong. Yes. Heartache to heartache. We stand. <laughs> Such a good song. I mean, amazing. I have a big prediction. So do I. Okay. Okay, good, because I have none, guys. Go for it, Steph. Okay, so when Rachel gets the phone call, and it's this big sequence in the episode about uh, Kurt's accident. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate to call it an accident. Kurt Kurt being in the hospital. Um, She leaves the show. She leaves the rehearsal after it was made very clear to her by the producer that that was not acceptable and she needed to be there. You think she's getting the axe? I don't know if she's going to get the axe or if she's going to get in big trouble. There is going to be some issue there, possibly getting the axe, and then she'll fight to get back in Niata. Yeah. I do mm-hmm. think that there is going to be some repercussion of her leaving rehearsal, even though it was for a completely valid reason. Absolutely. I think that that is very true. I don't think she's going to get cut from being Fanny. Yeah. Um, because I just don't think that's going to happen. But I think she's going to realize that this business is so insecure and she needs something stable and she needs a foundation. And she's going to realize she's got to make it both work. I can and fight for her. Yeah, way back. exactly. And oh my God, Whoopi's not going to give it to her. No, mm-hmm. I mean, she's going to have to. When I say fight, I mean fight yeah. for it. <laughs> well, every time she does something for Carmen Thibodeau, she has to fight. So I think. I, I went like a really extreme prediction that she she was going to lose the Broadway play as well. Rather, she got yes, she left the the rehearsal and she did get the action. She got fired, so I can just see she Rachel having two great things in her life and then losing both of them at the same time. That'd be a big blow, but also an eye opening opener for her, so she can get her act together and mm-hmm. realize this is the real world. She's going to have to really work for it, not just 
getting it handed over to her. And if she does go crawling back to Thibodeau, she's really, really going to, to be on her hands and knees. Beg, yeah, hundred percent. Um, I almost think not more interestingly, but I, I'm glad we're giving a storyline here. What is Artie's secret? What's going on yeah. here? I don't know. I was so curious, and I, I replayed the scenes from like, next week huh? because I was like, what's his secret? I can't wait. So, Oh, yeah. and I, I mean, Kevin's just like everything, and his voice is everything, and I love the character, and I'm like... Yeah. So, fans, if you have any ideas what this secret could be, let please us know. know. Let, let us know. Because <laughs> we really want to know, clearly. That was really good. We just like... We yeah. synced up well on oh, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's home's like, no, they really didn't. <laughs> we try. That's all we can say. We try very, very hard for you guys. That being said, <laughs> overall, I, I think this episode was good, how they touch upon those hard issues that no one wants to talk about. And this is the show that you want to really address it with the younger audience so they get that grasp of, you know, reality and that concept. I so love I that that's what Glee job. has become known for. It's mm-hmm. it's really great that they do deal with all these social issues. Sometimes they feel a little bit out of left field, as you mentioned earlier, but it's great that they try to really talk about everything because I think these are things that should be talked about. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, with the next – we know we have another season coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it should be our final season. And so crazy. When, when I have to think about all my other shows and I get nervous about how they're going to end or what the last season's going to be like, I, I get panicky. This show, I don't because my money's on Glee. Yeah, I was going to say, know? they're going to they're gonna make it something special. I'm excited for season six. If, yeah. if I was a betting woman, which unfortunately sometimes I am, <laughs> my, my, my money's on Glee. Yeah. yeah, and Glee is so well done here and there, too, because just the the writing, the acting, the singing, performances, and even the cinematography. And character mean, development. And character development. I mean, tonight's, I'm sorry, I, I'm like all over the place now, but going to the scene where everyone's getting the <laughs> phone call and finding out about Kurt being in the hospital, just that felt like a movie, all the close-ups and yeah. Yeah. crazy shots. Like how do they have time to even then? edit that? It's and, crazy. But, like, shot. Film, film wise, it was just so well visually stunning. It felt like a movie. It mm-hmm. didn't feel real, but yet it did. And I thought just even th- those levels that they take it to is awesome. Yeah, so, it's a show that you care about everyone on it. And I think that that's something really unique and special. Sometimes yeah. on shows, it's hard to care about the characters, and they really do a great job of. Like, it's always sunny. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's not really hard. Sometimes they're really mean characters and it's hard to yeah. love them. But every character on the show has redeeming qualities. Even when you hate them, you love them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for watching. And, you know, we love hearing from you. So you can tweet at me at Stephanie Wenger. And you can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. And I'm on Twitter and on Instagram at Serafini TV. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 